0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 44 of the Global Gamers podcast and our final episode of 2023. We We, made it. (laughs) We made it and we're coming full circle. Yes. So we are rounding out this calendar year by doing an updated version of our very first episode, which hopefully will become an annual tradition. Mm -hmm. and we are revisiting our top 10 games. So this is not our top 10 of 2023 specifically, just our top 10s overall just revisited with the last 10 months that it's been, um, 10 and a half months since we last did this. All the new games that have come into our lives, all the old ones that maybe didn't hold up long-term, And in your case, I think also just taking a a different approach to how you're
1: constructing Mm, your list. Sort of. I backslid on that a little bit. Okay. Um, Well, I
0: think maybe that's a good place to start. It's like, again, explaining our methodologies and why our lists may look
1: the way they do. Yes. So, I mean, as you said, we're revisiting the top 10 games and... Yeah, the way I thought about it was, to some degree, the games that I enjoy the most, but I still tried to sprinkle in some diversity of different types of games. Um, Last year, I kind of went very, very far in that direction, to the point that I included some games that like, almost just for the sake of having a representative of the genre on the list, even if I didn't play that game all that much. Um, I've rode that back a little bit. And all of the games on the list this year are games that, you know, I've played a fair bit and really, really, really enjoyed. I shied away from including any that just made the list because I wanted a party game on there, for instance. I'm thinking of how I included just one last year. Mostly because right. I wanted a party game on there,
0: well, it's also like with that approach, they're always still in a in a list that only has ten games on it. there's still gonna be genres that just don't
1: fit because there're too many, so, there's too many exactly yeah, yeah, and so um, um, yeah, so a slight adjustment to my philosophy for this, but like not not a, a revolution. complete overhaul. What about for you? Did you think about that the same way or differently? Yeah, I did it the same way, so
0: I Took a bit... The same approach I did last time, which was I used the website um, PubMeeple. They have a ranking engine where you can pull games from your Board Game Geek collection and others that you can manually input if you want um, into a list. And they basically just give you a this or that. um, Choose one for as many different... um, choices as necessary for you to get through your whole list so for mine it was like over a hundred different choices a or b a or b a or b and based on how you choose those over and over again it comes up with um a list for you in my case i had exactly 50 games that i put into the engine um yeah didn't choose that number i just worked out that way Um, So technically, I guess I have a top 50. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, here's a question. Oh, sorry, mm -hmm. I interrupted. Um, Go ahead and finish that thought and then I'll ask.
0: Well, actually, I just realized actually now I have a top 52 because there are two games that I've played for the first time since making this list, but I don't think either of them would make it into the top 10 this time. So it's not too much of an
1: issue. Um, Yeah, go ahead. What I was going to ask you is you mentioned you did your head-to-head pub meeple competition again.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Did you are you reporting those results straight or did you make some adjustments after you saw how the results came out?
0: No, I have not adjusted it. What I did was I actually did it twice just mm. to like solidify my opinion because I looked at the list the first time and I was like, "Hmm." It wasn't that I disagreed, but there were a couple where it's like I could see, you know, number six and number seven flipped, or number ten and yeah. number eleven flipped, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I just yeah, wanted to yeah. make sure because there are especially now that we have a longer list than we did back in February, um, it's right. a much more competitive top ten space. That it um, is yeah, and then also when you're factoring in nostalgia. Just, you know, the emotional feelings versus just Mm -hmm. the objective, what the list is telling you. You kind of want to make sure that it's right. So I did run it twice, and I got the same exact top 10 both times. Some of the ones lower down on the list switched more. I got the same top 10 with one, like, swap. So I feel pretty good about it. And I might, when we get to it, might explain which two games... Um, and in what position they were flipped, just to show how close of a call it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so before we get into the actual lists, we agreed that we are going to give a little bit of time to
1: honorable mentions very quickly because well, this is
0: probably this episode's probably going to run a bit long, which is fine.
1: Um, well, that we, nope. yeah, we did talk about that. Here's my thought though, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, hmm, our your honorable mentions games where it's like you were torn and like they almost ended up in your top 10 but didn't or, I, is this, or are there extenuating circumstances that kept them out I am just gonna give one honorable
0: mention and it's literally just the one that came in number 11 for me um, okay. and I feel that I do want to mention it because I mean it it it's no worse for not making the exact top 10 like it's okay. very close
1: Okay, well, in that case, yeah. Why, why don't we? Why don't we do it now? Uh, part of the reason I asked was I just wondered how that would uh, impact the suspense. But if it's just one game, might as well just, do yeah. it at the top and go from there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, got? So my honorable mention is unmatched.
1: Oh my! Yeah. That's see, that is a spoiler though, because I was convinced that would be in your top ten.
0: Yep. See this is the can this is why I ran
1: I'm the engine sh- twice, I'm honestly part of a little bit shocked.
0: You love that game. I I mean but again number 11 is no it's no, no condemnation slouch. especially when it's you no when slouch. you figure out by deduction which other games also did not make it into the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. So Unmatched came very close. It is at number 11. Yeah. I think ultimately what it was, I mean, I'm not going to explain too much what Unmatched is because we've now Who's that we've done all that? these reviews, you can go back and look. Yeah. Um, but I think what made the difference keeping it out of the top 10 was the fact that um, the biggest thing was just that it doesn't play as well with three and four players. It is very much it's at a its two best player thing. When you play yeah. it with as a two-player game, and that's fine, that's great. There are lots of games that are designed only to be two players, so at least Unmatched even tries to make it possible to play it three and four. Um, but yeah, other than that, and just you know, it being a yeah, little bit more sense. simple than some other games, like it's it's pretty flawless. Like uh, this is my most played game of 2023, right? And it is one that is also new to me in 2023. So it wasn't even on my radar the last time we did this episode. Yeah. And like it has skyrocketed so fast and I have gone all in with like, I have, I own 14 different characters, have so many different maps. I have the collector's storage box. This game has some of like, it's one of the coolest concepts for a game and themes period of yeah. any game. Um, like this is a, like a nerd stream. <laughs> um, literary nerd, movie nerd, marvel yeah. nerd, whatever your whatever your flavor. Well, and
1: it it, it
0: incorporates mythology. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice and little it, Venn
1: diagram of like yeah. your Yeah, and also
0: like it is definitely I think top 5 for like artwork and design.
1: The and artwork is very quality. nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, that's my honorable mention on match.
1: What you have? Not bad. So, I have three different games for honorable mention. Uh okay. the first one I'll, I'll be quick about it don't worry. Uh yeah. the first one is Brass Birmingham and Oh wow. Okay. The re so I've got a good feeling about this one. I think I'm going to like it a lot. I could easily see this cracking the top 10 next year once there are more plays under my belt. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it's just luck of the draw. Only have only played it once and not ready to put it in the top 10 off of one play. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, you'd be in very
0: good company, including it. So yeah. And
1: I can, I can, I can see why it's rated rated as highly as it is. Um, I had pretty high expectations going in and it, it it didn't disappoint. I don't think. Okay. Um, And then two other honorable mentions here. You know, last year I included a game in the party party game category for completionist sake across game genres, uh, and I had a so I had a couple of those that fell just outside the top ten for me. One we've talked about, Resistance, just a nice streamlined, you know, social deduction game that you can explain to people in you know ten minutes and be playing with people that are hardcore gamers, people that don't play that many games having fun with either type of group. Uh, wanted to give recognition to that game. And the other one is Monikers. Like this is basically just a you know, commercialized version of fishbowl, but uh, they've got some they've got some fun categories in there and like I think there's something to be said for having the categories written out for you. Like if you're in the right group and with really hilarious people, maybe they could come up with some better ones and it would be even Mm -hmm. more fun, but like sometimes in a, you know, social setting that can be a bit of pressure for some people too. So I think there's something to be said for like having those, you know, generated by the game itself. So you don't have to come up with it, but yeah, basic idea is, you know, you go through three rounds with two teams guessing and, you know, first round you can, you know, describe it in as many words as you want without saying the clue word itself. Second round, you're going through the same clues again. So you're testing your memory and it's only a two word prompt, one or two word prompt, depending on, you know, house rules. And then third round is charades. And, Uh, I include this game on the list just because, you know, it's a party game. It's only good for a certain type of setting, but if I had to pick the game that made me laugh out loud and just have the most, like, the most fun in that respect, I don't think another board game made me laugh out loud this year, but this one did. Right. Cool. So that's our honorable mentions. Yeah. So...
0: Let's kick it off with number 10.
1: So right before we get into that, curious, maybe this is too much of a spoiler and we don't want to reveal it, but I'm curious how you feel about saying at the outset, how many of your games are old inclusions from last time versus new ones? Is that too hmm. much info?
0: I think we can, we can do that at the end.
1: Okay, let's do it at yeah. the end. Sounds let's good. Let's do it at the
0: end. Okay, um, so number 10, how about we do this like a, like a snake draft? So if back I go first, then you, yeah, back and forth.
1: So yeah. do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first, sure. Okay. So my number 10 game is mm-hmm. a trick-taking game that's good for the whole family, and it is Skull King. So, I can't remember how much I've talked to you about this game.
0: We've talked about it, but I've still never played it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got we got to try it out with you sometime. So, basic idea of this. I think we've talked about it before, so I'll be brief. Uh, this is kind of a souped-up version of Euchre. A trick-taking game. Pirate-themed. Where you have cards of different suits. One of the suits uh, is, you know trump suit above the other suits numbers wise then you've also got a bunch of special cards thrown in there that adds to the chaos beyond what you would get in a game of euchre cards that either paper scissors rock style have a, a specialization against one type of card or cards that inject even more chaos like canceling a round and making it so nobody gets the points for that round um nice. Or for that particular trick but the really fun thing about this game too is the bidding uh, you know in a game of like Euchre you're bidding on how many tricks you think you can take um, and you know as long as you hit your minimum you're good in this game the stakes are higher and you've got to be more precise you only score positive points if you correctly predict the exact number of tricks you're going to take and it gets harder and harder to do this as you go along because you start round one has one trick and then you work your way up to 10 tricks per round by the end and are having to predict exactly how many you're going to take. It is great fun. And, you know, it's not that hard to learn either mm-hmm. for uh, I mean, this is a game that I play at home with like my six year old nephew and it's a lot of fun. nice.
0: How many people can you play with?
1: How many people can you play with? Um, let me double check. I don't want to make sure I get this right. You can play with up to eight.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that, I mean, that puts it in a useful category as well.
1: Yeah, it does. Kinda it's like a very a party versatile game. game. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. one.
0: Cool. So my number 10 is... The same as my number ten last time. Okay. okay. Do you remember what that was?
1: Uh no, I don't. Cascadia. Cascadia number ten. Yeah. All right. So
0: Cascadia is holding its place in the top ten. It nice. it kept unmatched at bay. Um <laughs> very nice. And yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about this game. We've reviewed it. We talked about it we both talked about it on our top ten episode last time. Um, this is a wonderful, dare I say, practically perfect abstract tile laying game. It's really good. With wonderful components, a wonderful theme, and I would just note that since the last time we talked about this game, um, we talked about this a little bit, the Landmarks expansion recently mm-hmm. came out, we talked about this in our expansion episode, mm-hmm. and it adds in some fun new elements to the game um so you get some more animal scoring cards some more tiles um and the landmarks themselves which give you additional end game scoring goals basically but it just it's a different flavor on the same wonderful game and i mean it's such it's such a testament to like this game that i don't even know if i prefer it with or without the Landmarks expansion, but you really cannot hmm. go wrong either way. Um, yeah, so that's
1: Cascadia. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to argue with that one. That is a very solid game. Yeah.
0: So since we're doing it snake draft style, I will continue with my number nine. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. And unlike cascadia this is not something that held its position from last time and it is also not even something that was on our radar last time this is my first new entry okay and this is dwellings of Eldervale. yeah coming in at number nine so this was on my most anticipated of 2023 list and Mm -hmm. i'm glad to say that it was worth the wait um This wasn't a new release, but it is notoriously difficult to get your hands on because of kind of limited print runs and availability. So it took several months to get my hands on it. Um, We both reviewed this very highly. We've had some fun with it. It is one that I definitely want to play more than I have. Mm -hmm. I think I've only, I think, been able to play it five times since Mm -hmm. I got it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is a testament more to just like how heavy of a game it is and how long it maybe takes to teach especially than anything yeah. else but it is really great the monsters I just recently got the legendary upgrade kit so I have yeah some nice 3D monsters now with the sound bases which are obnoxiously unnecessary but fun <laughs> um, I look forward to maybe eventually getting the upgraded components and the 3D monsters for the base game and I'm also excited to try... I still haven't played with the dragon. I've only played with the frost giant thrown in. And I'm also excited to try the Minotaur and the Shapeshifter. Many expansions as well. Yeah, yeah, but this is a wonderful hybrid between worker placement, engine building, and area control. And I cannot think of another game that like... Well, maybe one other game (laughs) that um, combines those elements so well. So yeah, number nine, Duanza Valerio.
1: Nice. On to you. Well, my number nine is an old favorite of mine, but not one that featured in my top ten last year. So okay. a, a new entry, uh, an oldie but a goodie, a classic. The auction economic game, Power Grid. I am a big fan of this game. I wanted to have at least one auction game in my collection. I kicked around the idea of including modern art, but... I was wondering. I kicked around the idea, but Power Grid is... What I like about Power Grid is you've got the auction thing, but there's a lot of economic management going on beyond that, and, like... You Know ticket to ride style, like you know, mapping out your routes on the mm-hmm. energy networks on the board. Uh, have you played this one? No, no, we'll have to give this one a shot. It's a fun one. Um, the I think, funnily enough, I think you brought
0: it over the same yeah. night that we played Arc Nova, and obviously, yeah. those two things did not happen in the same night, <laughs> not on the same night, no. <laughs>
1: um It's fun, too, because you can play on a lot of different maps. There's a map of North America. There's a ton of expansions that have, like, Map of China, Map of the Korean Peninsula, like, several others. Um, So that gets to be a lot of fun. Uh, They've also done some expansions where they came out with, like, um, like, new rosters of power plants, which is... Meh. I... Yeah, not the most compelling expansion I've seen, but like I
0: That's love the hurt.
1: game, so can't fault him for it too much. Um, so yeah, number 9 for me is is Power Grid. Very fun game. Cool. Is and there number 8, number 8, clicking right along. Number 8 is a spot where I was torn between two games as well. And I finally gave the edge to the one whose expansion I think expands the variety of play a little bit more, and that game is Splendor for number eight. So this Splendor was, has
0: to remain on a Ryan top ten list.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, it almost came out. It really did. Almost I was going to say I'm,
0: I have both of our lists from last time in front of me and. It yeah. dropped a few spots. It came in at number four last time.
1: Yeah, it, it did drop some for sure. So it's coming in at number eight, but still uh still holding in the in the in the you know list for this episode. But I I was very conflicted between this and another game of a similar weight. I'll maybe talk later about what that one is. Um mm-hmm. but what 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 brings it home for me with this game is that the original game is pretty fun on its own i would play that pretty much any time and then when you add in the expansions it you know there's one expansion that you where you can the main feature is you're blocking other players from being able to buy certain cards there's another expansion where like there's a whole secondary market with really cool chain effects where you can buy one thing and it cascades down and you end up with getting some free cards as well. Um, Those are two of four possible expansions that, that they have. And I think uh, the creativity of that in a, in a relatively small box is, you know, pretty good bang for your buck. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll also highlight, they did come out with a sort of like, different spin on this game in Splendor Duel, a two-player variety. And this one is... hmm, I don't think it's quite as good as the original game. So, you, so you've played it? Yeah, I've played it yes. a fair bit. I don't think it's quite as good as the original game, but um, it's an interesting twist on it. I admire the experimentation. Um, And... It's good travel-sized. So, I mean, you've mentioned before travel-sized Azul. Uh, Splendor Duel fits into this category, too, where you can easily take it on a trip. Um, yeah. But for the Azul Travel Edition, how many people can you play that with? Is it only two? I imagine no, it's No, more it's, than it's that. the same yeah.
0: as normal Azul.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other slight drawback of Splendor Duel. You can only play it with two. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Decently fun game. Uh, but for the spot on this collection, it's the original Splendor game. Just want to clarify that, not the Splendor not Duel. Not the Duel. Cool. Yep.
0: Um, I mean, I guess you can kind of cheat and make it a two for one special.
1: No, <laughs> Splendor Duel would not make the top 10 for me. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. what do you got?
0: my number eight is kind of, it kind of makes sense. It's right next to Dwellings of Alderville because it's another uh, big. Space Hog with a bunch of minis. And Mm. this is Ankh Gods of Egypt. Ooh, Yeah, so a little... uh, This is interesting, because your number four and my number four both became our number eights this time. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they both fell the same amount. Um, But again, you know, as we said, it's a more competitive top ten this time, which is more interesting. So, Ankh Gods of Egypt, we've reviewed this, and we've talked about it a lot, but... This is the third game in Eric Lang's mythology-based area control games with Simon, And it is, as you can guess, set in ancient Egypt. There are incredible miniature figures of different gods, different guardians that you can use. Mm -hmm. Um, Tons of different scenarios you can play. Since we last talked about this game, I have beefed up my art collection and become a completionist, getting the yeah. Tomb of Wonders and Divine Offerings Kickstarter sets. So I have yeah. all 12 gods. I've painted the god minis. I actually went back after Sundrop painting everything, and I went back and painted the gods specifically. And haven't actually been able to play this game since then, but I look forward to doing it. Um, this is just such a fun game. This is like my well, second favorite area control game now, I guess, um but yeah yeah it it's just there's so much fun, like unmatched and this give me similar emotions, which is that sense of just tension and devastation with how close things get Wait, what was um, the other
1: one you compared this to? Unmatched
0: yeah, yeah, which
1: like the emotions
0: it evokes in me, um, yeah. the card play, the revealing card simultaneously this strategy of dividing the regions, it's all just so great, and it's an absolutely beautiful game. Mm -hmm. Um, The drop to number eight is in no way, you know, a reflection on me liking this game less. It's just that my feelings about other games have either grown or new entries have taken its place in that top five. That's Um, fair. But yeah, like, this is that one game that I have gone really all... Well, I can't say the one game, but this is one of those few games that I've gone all out on, and I have no regrets about that, and I think that if there's one just epic mini combat game that you want to go all out and on and own, this is like... This would be my pick, and I would advocate for this, and I look forward to playing Rising Sun soon, so that we can... um do a full discussion of the three games in this trilogy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Love that pick. So that's my number eight. Cool. Yep.
0: So I guess I'm up again with number yeah. seven. What's your number seven? So my number seven is another new entry on this list. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny because I I have like the lists up and it's just when you put Dwellings of Elderil, Ankh. And now this game together, it seems like we're in like a little combat trilogy, but <laughs> that's very much not the case with this game. This game mm-hmm. is Paladins of the West Kingdom. And this mm-hmm. game, despite the name and the the box design and everything looking like it's combat heavy, is the opposite. This is all about preparing for combat. This is, as we talked about in our West Kingdom retrospective episode, this is my favorite West Kingdom title from Garfield Games. Um, so I guess that's a little bit of a spoiler to say that Architects did not make the top ten this time, despite being there last time.
1: The cathedral has fallen.
0: I guess. The wall just was taller than the cathedral, I guess. Um. (laughs) Yeah, but I love Paladins because it, it evokes a lot of the feelings that I get from another game that will be higher up on my list. Um, of building up an engine through a personal play area. It's, despite the name and how it looks, it is a very peaceful game. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's as complicated as people say. I think, like, the barrier to entry is lower than Viscounts, as we talked about, but it's an overall more satisfying experience than Architects. Mm. And I think that this, like... Maybe. Also, Whoa. with like the, well, I know you, I know you disagree.
1: <laughs> um, that's
0: okay, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think also just like this coming after Architects was really in in terms of release order was really Garfield's like step up into a whole different level of game design and complexity and just elegance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think there's a there's a reason that this game is as beloved as it is, and I believe it is still kicking in the all-time top 100 so yeah yeah paladins of the west kingdom i look forward to also playing this more because you know it's been kind of a more recent entry um for both of us and i i really i feel like there's just a lot of untapped potential in this game that we haven't maybe even mined yet yeah yep
1: no i'm right. i'm uh this is one that I think you feel more strongly about than me, but mm-hmm. I am definitely gonna keep an open mind just because one thing Garfield games does not do is let us down, so even if it's yeah. not my favorite in the catalog like it's hard to to fault any of the any of the games that they uh they make for making this list yep um so I can go to my number seven now, yes and My number seven, one, two, three, four, five, six. Funny enough, my number seven is unchanged from last year. I am going with Dominion again. Nice. And, you know, I just, I know there are other games like this out here. Deck builders. Um, Deck building games like Clank, which I still have not gotten around to playing. It's okay. But there's always next year. And I think this game just I love the how versatile it is. How much the game changes. I I don't think there's another game out there that the style of play changes so much with different expansions or the different pieces you put in or take out of it. Right? And I love the puzzle of like trying to figure out from the given like 10 cards that you're are in play for a given round like what paths to victory are possible which ones are not and which ones are you know likely to have the least friction along the way that kind of brain puzzle is so satisfying to me and the fact that you know they've had You know, at least a dozen expansions of this game makes the possibilities pretty endless. But because you're always playing with just 10 cards at a single time, despite those endless possibilities, it feels um, manageable. It doesn't feel overwhelming. That's those. And so that balance, I think, really speaks uh, like a test to the craftsmanship of this one
0: yeah and this was one that last time um we did this list. I hadn't played it yet, so I was kind of taking your word for it. and since then, we have played it um a few times, and while I wouldn't put in my top 10, I definitely agree and understand like why people love this game so much and why especially people who have like who got in early and have yeah. kind of grown with the game are so remain so attached to it. Yeah, and it's, it's it's like a it's like a lifestyle game.
1: Once you're in, like it's kind of hard yeah. to get out. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. It's like a Hotel California type deal, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe a more positive experience than that. Nope. Um. So number six on my list, yeah, is a newcomer to the list, Ooh. and I just. I, I had to have at least one maritime game on my list and I'm coming in at number six with Oceans. I know I like this game more than you do, but to me Oceans is just I love the churn of it. I I don't usually like super cutthroat games, mm-hmm. but a game like I just love the combination of the constant pressure of having to make sure that your various species in your ecosystem are being fed and the complete wrench that the deep cards can introduce into play and really swing the tide one way or another. Um, yeah. Curious what your reactions are, but I, I think Ocean's well, is a lot of fun because i have my my whole list in front of me of my top 50
0: oceans was my my number 20 so yeah. that's not not bad that's pretty good um like i mean it came out ahead of azul so yeah. which i don't know how i feel about that but um
1: yeah well, no i, well, I like azul this azul was like your number 2 or number 3 play wasn't it for the year
0: yeah but i mean that's also
1: because azul
0: that's um is quick. quick yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the mini version, you know, you can travel with it, which kind of makes it the only option sometimes. Um, yeah, no, I, I like oceans a lot. I think it's just, I'm not always in the mood for how cutthroat it is and just the level of attention to detail with how things flow, but it is by far the best of those, um, evolution games, not even close. Yeah. And I kind of hope that... I know I know you're kind of not sold on the um, expansion's theme of adding in, adding in the Legends of the Deep, but I'm kind of curious what it entails I and if know. it actually is good. Um, I go. We can look into ba- that at some point. I go
1: back and forth. I feel like that expansion is like a siren. Like, on the one hand, I am not super enthusiastic about... I've said this before, I think, the mm-hmm. idea of, like, Introducing mythology, I think. Well, here's thematically the Thematically, like, it clashes, but
0: but it's already in there in the deep deck, like the Kraken, no, the Hydra.
1: It is, but like, what I like about that game is that it's hidden below the surface, and it feels like, you know, deep ocean. Like you're gonna see some weird stuff. You never know what yeah. you're gonna see, but, but it should feel like... special. If it should feel special, whereas like if it's the whole theme of the entire new deck, I'm not sure if I want like every i haven't played it yet granted but yeah. i don't want it to be a thing where like there's just a ton of like overpowered cards that nuke right carefully changes laid out the game strategies yeah which <clears> is <throat> what i'm worried about gotcha. but by the same token i love the original game so much that there's a good chance i at least try it at some point makes sense
0: yeah um so i'm up with my number six yes okay so my number six was uh also on my list last time um okay it was my number five last time so pretty good hold um yeah. this is wayfarers of the south tigress ooh so another garfield title um I think this is a... I don't know if it's a little bit of a spoiler for what may come up ahead. Oh, um, it is. It is, but that's but, okay. Yeah, but I thought <laughs> I thought about it, about if it was fair to include Um, both South Tigers games on this list, uh-huh. but I could not in good conscience dump Wayfarers from the top it's 10. It's a really good game. It man. is. Yeah, it's a really good game. Um, yeah. It has been a hit with everybody I've played it with. Um, It's not perfect. I think that, you know, it's not as pretty as some of the other Garfield titles. Um, I don't really know how you're supposed to play this with more than two people because you would need quite a big table to make it work. Yeah. Um, And, you know, as I've mentioned before, some of the iconography is a little frustrating at times but this is always such a fun game this is wonderful engine building i always love looking at the landscapes and skyscapes and seascapes that everybody has built at the end and mm-hmm. i just the entire theme of the south tigers thr- trilogy is so much fun for history nerds in particular yeah. um yeah and like I mean as I mentioned when we reviewed Scholars of the South Tigris I just finished reading a book that like included a, a whole chapter about medieval Baghdad and the way that the, the like the historical truth of that period is so well captured across the entire South Tigris trilogy it, is incredible it, like everything yeah. from the measuring the circumference of the earth and mapping the known universe and wayfarers to um the House of Wisdom and the translations in scholars and what's coming next is in inventors is is great and it yeah, feels I, lo- little, I love this
1: game. Yeah, it feels a little bit like an AP World History class in game form.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of stuff I wish yeah. existed. Totally back then. I mean, I'm I'm grateful to have it now, but uh, yeah.
1: Oh, it's, it's great. Hundred percent.
0: And it's it's just so interesting and like integrated better into the game than the west kingdom games when it comes to theme so yeah i just i could not in good conscience remove this from the top 10 so yeah that's my number six wayfarers of the south tigress and with that i will go into my number five Mm -hmm. um this is another game that we both love um, and this is Everdell, nice. Specifically, the complete collection, because I don't know that just base game Everdell would be this high up. Would not. Yeah, I think it 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 would still stand a chance of being in the top ten just because of the the potential that exists there. But I mean, Everdell the complete collection is one of the best worker placement games. Period. Um, one of the best engine building games. In a lot of ways, it is a combination of two of my all-time favorite games. Um, but it doesn't quite get as high as either one of those, even though it's still in the top five. Just because there's certain things that are a little bit irritating about this game. Like the setup when you have the complete collection and the takedown is quite a feat um
1: it's an it's an undertaking
0: yeah the way that the pearl and spirecrest expansions are designed to not integrate fully and can need to be pulled in and out yeah can be a little bit annoying um
1: and i I do in terms of like setup or
0: yeah yeah the setup and i i have found that there are sometimes when like this is a little bit of a harder game to teach to some people because I feel like just the way that the cards activate the different colors isn't doesn't always click with everybody, and that can be That's kind of frustrating. True. Um, maybe true. maybe it's because I have also tried to teach this more recently with the expansion content thrown in, specifically New Leaf and Belfair, with the asymmetry and. Right. you know, all the New Leaf card editions and all of that. But um, yeah, again, like, compared to other games where it's easy to teach and integrate the expansions, that brings us down a little bit. But Everdell, I mean, 100% best artwork in any game. Component quality off the charts. Um, yeah. Is there a little bit of bloat that's unnecessary? Yeah. But, you know what? I'm not mad to have it on my shelf in that giant collector's box. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number five, Everdell. Nice. And, like, I'm excited because there's still so much in that collector's box that we haven't even touched. Like, we haven't thrown in the... um. The Legends yeah. cards, yeah. Oh, Anything.
1: and th- some of those cards, I don't know if you've looked through them, are they're insane. so good. Yeah, but again, Ridiculous. like
0: I think part of the reason Maybe is because... Maybe broken.
1: Maybe broken.
0: Well, but they're very specific rules about how you integrate them. So they're yeah. hard to use. Um, yeah. But I think part of the reason is also I haven't played Everdell recently when it didn't involve um, a new player or a less versed player. So that yeah. obviously wasn't the right time to throw that in, but we should definitely dedicate time to playing Everdell and throw in the legends and see how it goes. And then obviously like, I know neither of us are like super into cooperative campaigns or solo play, but yeah. the the whole night weave Mistwood expansion is still there that we could throw in as like a cooperative element as well to give it a try. Yeah. There's just a lot going on. And yeah, there is, if you can get that complete collection, uh, a discount um it was on sale recently i think was. i saw it was back at the same price that we got it a year ago and it was pre-order um if you can get it for like i would say honestly if you get that like under 250 it's very good value because if you bought base everdell and then tried to assemble that on your own long term by buying all the the base game like
1: 75 by itself yeah yeah
0: yeah it just it doesn't make sense trying to assemble it um yeah, so Everdell complete collection is my number five.
1: Nice, over to you. Alrighty. Um, so as we were sitting here, you decided. <laughs> I'm. Well, no, no the the decision earlier was on the splendor. Uh, front. Okay, that was the conflicted one that I knew about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the spoiler alert there, which. Uh, is cascadia felt just outside the top 10 for me oh wow and didn't get an honorable mention
0: well i guess this well this is because mention
1: (laughs) this is its honorable mention because i didn't want to do the honorable mention at the top because that would have been too much of a spoiler um i mean what it came down to on that front was just uh you know granted i haven't played the expansion yet but my sense is it doesn't changed things as much as the splendor expansions do so that's kind of why i gave the nod to splendor again um but not to derail things but going in for number five is another game that was in my top 10 last year but has moved up and that's dune imperium at number five
0: i was wondering because i was looking at your list and i saw it it was at number 10 I was wondering if it fell out.
1: Nope. Didn't fall right. out. We moved it up. Cool. Um, moved up for a couple reasons. Some of them uh, more justifiable than others. One of the reasons it moved up is there's just, it's one, I'm a sucker for those asymmetry games with different player powers. This has that mm-hmm. makes me want to play games more. Um I really like that element of it. I there's also been a couple expansions I've only played once or twice, and I'm The eager Rise to... of Ix? Is that what it's called? That's one of them, and there's a second one as well called. What's the other one called? Rise of Ix is one. And the other is immortality. I think the cool. immortality one adds in some like, you know, Benny Jesuit themes, like gene manipulation type scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, basically playing cards together so that they uh, have synergies with each other that they, that they wouldn't have on their own. Um, is like a very watered down way of describing it. But the other reason I'm including this game here is a little bit more, uh, personal and just not really as justifiable. And that's just, uh, there was one friend that I would always play this game with and he was just too good at the game. I never beat him. He unfortunately moved away. So I'm not playing this game with him as much playing it with some other friends and um, granted it was a sight to behold the way he could pull wins out in this game. Like I learned a ton, but yeah. it's like, it's also been really fun to play this game with some other friends and like <laughs> see some other people win <laughs> and, and have it feel Are like you still be-
0: not winning. Is that what I'm getting?
1: Um, yeah, I don't, if I've won, it's maybe only been once. Like I don't usually win this game. And I think that's the other thing that, uh, keeps me coming back to it. Just wanting to be like, I want to figure out what that's makes how this I feel game about, tick.
0: That's how I feel about Paladins.
1: Yeah. Cause both yeah, times this... we've
0: played it. I, I have done yeah. not, I haven't lost. I've done atrociously like, like I'm pretty sure both times I think you almost doubled me in points, but still. I don't know. It's I guess just some games that would frustrate me, but with a game that you really love, I guess you just as you say, you just want to keep coming back despite the yeah. frustration.
1: I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, so uh Dune Dune Imperium comes in at, at number five for me. And yes. uh,
0: I, f- well, before you go to number four, have oh, you yeah. heard of the new Dune Imperium game?
1: I know Dune Imperium I, Uprising. I've I've heard that they're making it and it's not another expansion, it's a standalone no, it game, exists. correct?
0: Yeah, and I think people are a little bit pissed off about it. Yeah. In the Far Farshore kind of way.
1: Yeah, I have and I, I think, have not played that one.
0: Yeah, I think it was kind of meant to come out in like in sync with the second Dune movie. Um, obviously the movie got delayed, but I think the game is still out. Um, Yeah, and I think... I don't know anything about it. I I don't know how different it is, but I did see some discussion online of people being annoyed and feeling... you know.
1: I could... Like it was a little too soon. I mean, I could see that, especially just because I don't know that much about the game, Mm -hmm. but just the way that they market it is a little weird.
0: Yeah. To even like give it the same. Why call it Dune Imperium Uprising? Why not just call it like Dune Uprising?
1: Well, but not only that, but like there's the name of the game, but then the other thing is it's marketed on the site as a standalone expansion, which to me is a contradiction of terms.
0: What? Yeah, no. No, thank yeah,
1: you. yeah, I yeah. So yeah, like my it, ranking I, I, of I get, this game did I get not Everdell, incorporate Shore vibes
0: from it. So I don't know.
1: Maybe yeah. So like my rating of this game is yeah is a separate matter from the uprising, which I have not played. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: same as my my Everdell rating is different from Everdell uh, Farshore, oh, yeah. obviously.
1: E- <laughs> yes, Everdell Farshore is like. Cryogenically sealed in Far another recess like, of mine.
0: For. I think it wins the award for global gamers villain, Most... villain
1: of twenty twenty three. Yeah, Everdell Epid- yeah, it, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> okay. sorry, sorry, Everdell team, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that not, statement.
0: Not this time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so you're number four. Yeah, number four is. Uh, tried and true classic from my list. Uh, Wingspan is still in the top five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, nice. yeah, like, I think, uh, I think what really solidified this for me is like, I. so I think, I, I don't know if you would agree with this, but like, if I had my druthers and was playing any version of this game, would really want it to have the Oceania, um, Definitely. you know, board with the with the nectar and the like upgraded player boards Mm -hmm. but despite that um i introduced my mom to this game over thanksgiving break and like i'm not going to be there for christmas so gave her an early christmas present of this game and we just had a ton of fun like even playing the base game of it was a lot of fun and i know like there's some balance issues in the base game with like the egg bombing strategies. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, like you've said, the expansion and some of them kind of take care of that and mitigate that a fair bit. And uh, um,
0: yeah. And that's, and like it's, we mentioned in our expansion episode that like base game for base game, it holds up better than games like Averdell. And a hundred percent criticisms of, you know, base game only.
1: Yeah. 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 Cool. No, 100%. Um Anything
0: else about that for now?
1: I mean, th- my only gripe with this game is that I really want the next expansion to come out. <laughs> I'm like eager to see what uh I what know with Hargrave comes out um, with next. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it for me on, on this front.
0: Okay. So my number four, um, I'm sticking with (laughs) Stone Meyer, and this is going to be my equivalent of Dune Imperium in most in the most improved category. So my number four is Scythe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling it was going to be up there, based on what you've talked about. in, in recent months.
0: Yeah. So Scythe was my number nine last time we did this and is now comfortably in my top five. And I think part of that is that this is one of those games that I've played more. Um, Mm -hmm. And with like, I think also like with people who really, really enjoy it, which makes it fun. Um, And I played it a few times, like specifically with like at higher player counts with three and four people and people who are like repeatedly playing it and so we just have a lot of fun um getting a greater sense of the strategy and i've also added in the wind gambit airship expansion and the modular board yeah um and both of those just further like enrich the experience of playing this game uh this again like fantastic theme for a game this is up there with like Unmatched and the South Tigress games in terms of I think my favorite themes for a game most interesting themes with the combination of the you know World War 1 meets sci-fi mechs meets with the steampunk and the pastoral peasants love it so much great artwork Um, and this is my favorite area control game like it it used to be Ankh, but I think long term Scythe has overtaken it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think also I give this like a step above Dwellings of Eldervale, um in terms of like the competition between players is is yeah. more face forward and also the engine building of this game. This is what I was alluding to when, um with Paladins that paladins does a really good job making like with the same feeling of building up that player mat engine yes. that you have in scythe but scythe yes. there's just still something extra satisfying about doing it and it's just like the combination of that with the area control and the way you gather resources is just so much fun um, and this is just one of those games where like there's such great storytelling potential in how things play out and the drama yeah, and yes yeah, true. The emotions run high. Um it see it still seems to me like first time plays of scythe tend to be rough. Um, but once you come back, you you're gonna have so much fun. Yeah. So that's my number four, scythe.
1: Nice. Yeah, I figured yep. it was gonna be higher than last year. I was just curious to see how far up it went. Yeah. And I guess I, I go into number three now. Yeah, we're um, we're getting to, so, the, getting to the Olympics podium here.
0: Yeah, so my number three and my number two are the ones that I was very... <laughs> to- so it was with? my number two and three and my 10 and 11 were the ones that made yeah. me rerun the system. Um, Cascadia and Unmatched came out the same way both times, but this one flipped Ooh. the second time I ran it. And I feel better about it now.
1: Um, So did you go with the second result rather than the first? So my
0: number three. Yeah, yeah. And I feel better about it. My number three. Lost Rinse of Arnak. So this is a game that we still have not reviewed. um, but But we've talked about it. Very, well i mean a, it's, allegedly a lost, very it's the lost episode
1: it's the lost episode i know
0: we're we're still still looking for those ruins yeah. um but i think kind of like what you were saying with dune imperium just games that give you such fun asymmetry yeah. with player powers are great and no game does this better than lost ruins of arnak in my opinion when you throw in the um, Expedition Leaders expansion. Mm-hmm. Those player powers are so much fun. Um, the research track is so satisfying. The way that you can chain actions together in Lost Runes of Arnak is like nothing else. I mean, Everdell does it really well as well. And this is one of those games that I was alluding to. Um, they're very similar as well with like the rounds, the worker placement meets engine building. yeah, But what gives Arnak the edge to me is the asymmetric player powers, the deck building, which Everdelt doesn't have, um, and yeah, just those, the chaining is just off the charts, like the way that you can research, and while you're researching, gain more resources to buy something, specifically the artifacts will then give you more resources to be able to research again. And you just there's, can like have a masterful chain of events pay off. it's so satisfying,
1: yeah, there's hints of uh yeah. the latest entry of the Garfield games South Tigress trilogy in that I think
0: I think specifically wayfarers, yes, with the research track um is a little bit yeah
1: it's well, i mean front. it's yeah, it's more like wayfarers, but I mean even the I was thinking specifically of the chaining in Scholars as well. Like, you do have some of that. Yeah. we're like...
0: Yeah. Um, I have the new expansion, the Missing Expedition expansion, which adds in two new characters. Haven't tried it yet, but I feel like that's screaming for us to play a two-player game of Arnak and try those out. Yeah. Um, Maybe that'll be like a prelude to finally doing the review episode. Because that was part of the reason we were putting it off as well, was waiting for that expansion to come out. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The one thing that dinged this for me ever so slightly, and might actually have cost it the number two spot, is that the overall component quality is not universally great. Hmm. There's some really good things in this game. The artwork is great. The board the, design is fantastic.
1: The ru- the rubies are really um, nice. The some tablets. Of the are
0: the, yeah, nice. the tablets and the rubies and the arrowheads are really nice. But I'm like, then why did you cheap out on the coins and the compasses? And yeah. Yeah. the box itself is really flimsy and dangs up pretty easily, and there's no inserts, so I actually, like, bought a custom insert from Etsy because I was sick of just, like, tossing everything in the box. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't love that, but overall, like, that's the one thing that this game has going against it. Um, But overall, this is just a honestly fantastic game. Another one that, like, I can't think of anybody who has played it and didn't love it um yeah yeah it's great love
1: it lost range varnak nice i like it so you're up next yeah i'm about to give you my number three and... you have to wait in
0: suspense to see to see which game beat this out
1: <laughs> well i know at least one of them i think but uh so you should, my number... you should
0: probably know what my last two are
1: yeah i probably should um now I do want to say I was this, my number three. I know we're getting Mm -hmm. up there on the, on the podium. Now this is maybe the one I was most torn about. Okay. Because I think my Mm -hmm. answer is going to surprise you a little bit. And it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a reach. Um, can I guess? Yeah.
0: Viscounts? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, it's not Viscounts. Okay, go ahead. Um, My number three game is Ankh.
0: Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I. Yeah. Mu- this is music to my soul.
1: Tell me. Yeah. So I was so torn here because I was sitting here. Before this episode doing this, I was even sitting here while we've been recording, going back and forth mm-hmm. between Ankh and Scythe here. And okay. I I didn't really want more than one area control game in here. And mm-hmm. so I was really conflicted. And for the longest time, I had Scythe in this spot. And I think Scythe is a fantastic game. And, like, if not for, like, saving the news for this reveal, I would have mentioned Scythe, obviously, in my honorable mentions category. Right. But the reason I went with Ankh over it is because as as fun and satisfying and interesting as the engine building is in... um insight i think there's so mo- the the wider variety of different factions that you can play as different gods you can play as in ankh really really appeals to me and like i feel like i i know the god powers don't all like move the needle strategically but some of them are still really fun yeah. And even and like really entertaining to play, even if you get to the end of the game and you're like, oh, maybe that didn't change things strategically as much as I expected. It still feels like a different experience in game. Um, And the other reason I wanted to put it here is because I feel like in Scythe, Scythe, I think there's more of a learning curve and like if you fall further behind, it's harder to catch up. Whereas this game between the merge and also the fact that you can get a lot of points from losing a battle. Yeah. Um, I just think that is such a fun concept that it gave me. It, it, it led me to conclude that Ankh for me has ever so slightly an edge oversight.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm shocked. I didn't I, that I would not have expected yeah. this.
1: I know this. I think I know. wow,
0: award for most improved. I guess. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, like, but well, and the uh, so the other thing that solidified this for me is playing through Blood Rage, and yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we, we have we've, we we we've reviewed have it. We've opinion. talked about
1: it. Like I. Yeah, everybody seems to love this game. I was a little bit underwhelmed, but mm-hmm. like, I guess that just kind of confirms for me how much I like Ankh because it's like it's not that I have an issue with like Eric Lang's games. I, yeah, he he makes really good stuff, and I love Ankh. I just yeah, Blood Rage didn't quite do it for me the same way Ankh does.
0: Yeah, we need to we need to really give Rise Sun a play yeah. because I think that's gonna. Solidify, solidify some feelings and then we can again like talk about it as a whole and see like across yeah. you know the three game sample size what we think are the yeah. things that really work and what maybe maybe it might help clarify what we didn't gel with when it came to maybe. blood rage maybe yeah yeah, yeah okay but- and we should also we should play ankh soon because i haven't played in a while and
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, there've been several yeah. times recently I'm at your house and I'm like, ooh, I'd really like to play Ankh, but it just hasn't you come should, up. You should say yeah. I feel okay, and yeah,
0: no, we should pencil that in. We'll do a
1: Yeah. Rising Sun and Ankh soon. I like it. So um I know yeah. we were doing this. We, sk- we can skip Blood Rage. <laughs> yeah, we definitely can. Um as far as the order of play here. I've got my top two games left. Mm. I was just going to save both of them instead Same. of just... Yeah. So why don't you... Do you want to give your give your number Yeah, let's do our one? number
0: twos, and then we'll do our number ones.
1: Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so what I'll, I'll you give my number, number two, two
0: first. So my number two, again, this was the game that was neck and neck with Lost Rings of Arnak, and this is Scholars of the South Tigris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So... Um, I honestly think that maybe it like what it came down to was, you know, when we reviewed Scholars, I gave it a ten out of ten, and I was thinking, you know, we haven't reviewed Arnak yet, but Mm -hmm. if we did, I had to ask myself, would I give it a ten? And I kept thinking to myself, well, I guess I cannot give it a ten because of honestly some of that component quality. It bothers
1: me. Um yeah, yeah, you put a lot of stock in that.
0: Yeah, and also because the expedition Fairly. leaders, the expedition leaders are expansion material, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um which I guess isn't fair because my number one is also mm-hmm. relying on expansions, and Everdell, the complete collection as well. But mm-hmm. scholars, I think for a base game complete package with no expansions thrown in. Wow, it's it's pretty much my perfect game. Um, particularly my perfect good. medium to heavyweight game. Yeah. This is like the best Garfield game. Um, I don't think it's that close. Um, you know, obviously mm. Wayfarers come second. I like in my Wayfarers opinion.
1: a lot too.
0: Yeah, I've yeah, heard... Those
1: two are close to me.
0: Yes. Yeah, well... I think they were represented well on my list. Yeah. Um, but it's it's honestly pretty easy to teach. I've played it with four different people at this point already. And everybody liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody who has played it with me, I think, is basically saying, yeah, this is the best one of these games that we've played. Um, and it, like... Because this game exists now, it kind of doomed some of the other Garfield games to be removed from my list. I think the like I didn't kick Wayfarers off because of how strong it is, but I think the biggest victim of this game was Was Circadian's first light. Oh, Circadian's Circadians. okay because as a dice placement game, um,
1: yeah, yeah, this one, this
0: one just. Again circadians, like just to give you a sense, it still came in at number thirteen, you know, no indictment, but just the way the dice are used in this game is just so more so much it like flows so much better, you don't have to like keep track of things long term like you do in circadians um mm. The design of the board is wonderful like it it is. The nicest looking board of any Garfield game, and also the graphic design makes it so easy to understand what everything is and where it is and why it is where it is. Um, yeah, which is some of a critique I had of Wayfarers, yeah. Um, yeah, and again, just like as I mentioned when we discussed Wayfarers, um, the theme is fantastic. The translation concept is great. The way that things kind of move down an assembly line from the map to the house of wisdom to being translated makes so much sense. The way the trackers are used as both like, both like a resource gathering engine and a point engine makes a ton of sense. And I want to play this again very soon because I feel like having played and lost all but once I think I have like a really good understanding now of I th- of I think like some strategies that I want to try out, that mm. I think
1: would help me win. Oh yeah, because um, I just like, it, I keep thinking it, about
0: it even when I'm not playing.
1: Is it is it stuff that you've seen other people do, or is it like you connecting the dots based on? I having think it's more kind of Yeah, belt? I
0: th- I mean I'll just I'll just tell you what the big thing is. Mm-hmm. I think I have put more stock into moving up. The tracks, then translating sometimes, um, and ultimately for points, the track isn't worth as much, and the game tends to end a bit before you can get high than, on it. Not, but before I can like really get the rewards of having moved up so
1: high across the board, yeah, um, yeah, and you are probably like, only gonna get them like once or twice.
0: Yeah, and like instead yeah. of investing so much, maybe in the research action you can move up the track by translating anyway. So just translate. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think maybe more emphasis on translating, which sometimes is hard to do just based off of what's available in the House of Wisdom. No doubt. Um, Yeah. Like there've been a couple of times where you like, you know, you get stuck with, okay, well the only options available are Sanskrit and Chinese and, No translators are available, but and you don't want to be the one to have to go and set that up for other people. But yeah, it just, I really just want to keep testing out new things with this game. Um, Yeah. Kind of the same reaction I have with Paladins, honestly. I've been a little bit more successful. I haven't been like destroyed in this game the way I have been in Paladins. But um, yeah, same feeling of I just want to keep coming back to it.
1: Yeah. I like
0: that. So that's my number two scholars at the south tiger and now i'm like i will 100 be backing inventors i i'm gonna look at that live stream yeah. tonight
1: <laughs> definitely yeah. oh man They're, they've they been on a roll like yeah it's unreal. I'm,
0: I'm hooked it, like they basically just will have me on a subscription service at this point
1: yeah yeah <laughs> well uh that does clarify for me what your number one is yeah. um which is nice uh but i'll give my number two right now Mm-hmm. And my never, number two is Everdell, the complete collection. Nice. This, you know, I, as much as Farshore left a sour taste in my mouth, I can't fault the, the, the OG in this game catalog too much mm-hmm. for that. And
0: this is a hold for you, by the way. It was your number
1: two. It is. Last time. It is a hold. Nice. And like. I mean, like you said, it's one of the best uh, engine-building resource-gathering games out there, to my mind. And, I mean, I don't have that much to add beyond what you said, besides the fact that, like, you know, I know the setup is a chore, but, like... I would rather have that many different expansions to like vary the game every time mm-hmm. I play it than not. So I don't mind that as much.
0: Particularly. I think if you're playing with the same people,
1: yeah, then you if can like mine deeper people.
0: into it every time.
1: E- exactly. Exactly. And like, there are clear patterns in which ones I play more and less like, mm-hmm. um, Belfair and New Leaf. Are, Those are just like, in- you are just integrated and yeah, going to play with that pretty much every time. Absolutely um, every time. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think we're the same across the board on the others too, like playing um, Pearl Brook the least.
0: Yeah. Be- well, between Pearl Brook and Spirecrest. Yeah. I'm not counting. Yeah. Mists. I'm not counting Misswood because that's right. The, right. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Like Spirecrest getting more play than Pearl Brook. I think um,
0: Spirecrest probably like 50, 50,
1: yeah, um, yeah, and then Pearl Brook maybe like,
0: I don't know, like a twenty five percent chance maybe, or like a one in maybe,
1: five. maybe even less than that, maybe fifteen to twenty. Yeah, kind of like the feeling um,
0: of oh, we haven't done it in a while, maybe let's let's do it. Yeah, yeah,
1: but I really, really want to get the uh, get the some of the like legendary cards mm-hmm. in and give those a shot because I I'm really curious to see how that switches things up. Yeah, and it has and, been
0: fun. We've already played with um we added in the rugwort cards and the yeah. Corrin Evertail cards. Yeah. And neither of those are like they're not a big deal. they I honestly
1: prefer it without the rugwort cards. I oh, feel like Oh, see,
0: I like the rugwort. Some but of like,
1: them are okay, but I don't like the one that lets you like like steal something from someone else that just feels the so The green
0: one, yeah, the green one is nasty.
1: That one's nasty and it just feels so like tonally different from the entire rest of the game. To yeah.
0: Me. Well that that's why it's optional. They it's there yeah. for like people who want to add some more like take that yeah. meanness. Yeah. But like the one that lets you just score like someone else's um prosperity card at the end of the game. That's not that's not too bad.
1: No. No, I'm fine with ones like that that are more like not actively blocking other people's but just riding on their coattails. That's fine for me. Um and yeah, I think Yeah, I honestly don't have too much more to add here. Just, um, well, maybe the other thing I'll say is (sighs) I've recently played a few more games in this genre, like Gaia Project, Mm -hmm. and don't have enough plays under my belt to definitively move those into play for the top 10 list. But... I I guess what I the reason I bring that up is I think like in the coming year I think Everdell's gonna have some more competition in this category for me, but for now it's holding its spot. Nice.
0: Okay. Um I guess I'll I'll do my number one.
1: I mean I I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know what your I feel number like we, one is. I think
0: I know what your number one is too. Yeah. So, my number one is Wingspan. Yeah, I figured. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: What can I say that I didn't say last time? This is a hold for me at number one. This is my favorite game. Is it the most complex game? Absolutely not. But you can teach this to anybody. It is so much fun. There is Mm -hmm. a good amount of strategy. You can Mm -hmm. play multiple games in a row. Um, 10 out of 10 on the production quality. The nesting box is fantastic. Um, yeah. Every expansion is just like a worthy addition. I'm going to be a completionist on this absolutely. Oh yeah! Um, cannot wait, particularly for Latin America when that comes. Yeah, that's going to um, be. And I really think fun. I looked on the Stolmyer site a couple of weeks ago out of curiosity, and I think it did say Wingspan Expansion Four is coming in next year, I believe quarter for 2024. Yeah. Okay yeah okay. so it's not too bad
1: yeah. um
0: i mean instead of just like going off about wingspan i will i don't know if we talked about this on an expansion episode did we talk about my meeting with elizabeth hargrave
1: I or did we just talk about that a lot know. offline yeah basically i, I, I met think the it was old... just if offline. we did
0: yeah i met the um designer the of yeah. wingspan uh at our local game shop labyrinth on small business saturday she signed my wingspan um appendix rule book and nice i also got a copy a kickstarter edition copy of her new game the fox experiment which we both enjoy and we will definitely review that that's a very fun one it's gonna be a good like midwinter review i think
1: oh yeah foxes
0: in siberia yeah that'll be good like
1: the name of the name of that game, I was a little bit like, well, I don't know, but that yeah. was a lot of fun. That's honestly the most fun I've had on a first play of a game, maybe all year outside of some of the Garfield ones.
0: Yeah, and just it's kind of funny too, like when you joke about like when you name the foxes different things and laugh about it. It's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, back to Wingspan. I don't. Oh, also the digital implementation of Wingspan, the Oceania, Oceania one is coming when out. When is that I out? Believe, on, I believe December 12th. So mm-hmm. that you can play digital Wingspan with base game Europe and Oceania very soon. And that's like on PC, on your phone, on Steam, on the Nintendo Switch. So lots of great options to play Wingspan. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I I will save my deep thoughts about Wingspan for... When we inevitably do a review episode, this is another one like Lost Runes of Arnak that we just you know <laughs> we're taking it for granted that it will always be yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No doubt. Um. So you want to talk about Scholars of the South Tigress now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that's my number one. Like. Yeah. <laughs> probably not surprising. Um. You you hit gameplay wise you hit on a lot of the big things and I mean. I'm not going to probably say anything new here just because we reviewed this not too long ago. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to just go back to one of the things I mentioned in the review episode, which is that this game, the synergy between theme and playthrough, you actually feel like you're translating stuff in a way that I, before playing the game, I was like, I wonder how well they're going to be able to capture that. And they did, they nailed it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so, so good, like, and... I don't
0: know how, but like with both of these South Tigers games, like the elevation of the theme into the gameplay has been so much more successful than it was in the West Kingdom,
1: yeah, I don't know, I don't
0: know, if it like made an extra effort or if it's just the themes lend themselves better, but yeah, it's just it's I great. don't know,
1: and uh, and like. So, I mean, I think that's been really excellent, like definitely cosign on everything you said about, you know, thinking about the game while not playing the game in terms of like, oh, should I focus more on translating and like, like, and I guess I think another big strategic question I have is like, how much should you avoid moving things to the house of wisdom? out of fear that someone else is going to translate it before you do. I'm not sure. Like I could see it being like, not that much because
0: you can still, you still get to move up a research track for doing well,
1: exactly, exactly. And get influence in the guild. Exactly. So like part of me thinks that maybe, um, I've been too reticent on that. And like you, you just do it as much as you can without worrying too much about who ends up translating what, um, so that's another yeah I, th- I just think there's a lot of a lot of strategic depth to delve into on this one can i and make I a request yeah
0: next time we play this game assuming that it's just us um yeah let's play the epic version
1: yeah yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm
0: curious like how much changes as well in terms of like yeah. My, my, my track strategy may pay off differently or like just the number of things you get to translate the overall pace and flow i'm curious how much it changes
1: no no that's a, that's a good point i'm curious about yeah. that too um and the other thing i like about this game is just the 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 use of meeples for coloring um i think is fun it's yeah. well
0: that came from paladins first just it, it, it came from
1: yeah, yeah, no, it it did, it did, and I, like, I love that, that's maybe the only thing I love about Paladins, if I'm being honest, like, I don't like that game quite as much as you do, but okay. I think, like, combining it with the dice, not only was, an, was it, like, in, innovative, but I think it was also a clear recognition of, like, this game could have been too fiddly and could have been frustrating if you weren't able to do what you needed to do. And them adding that in to make it just ever so slightly frictionless, but still tight was, was really spot on. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, So those are our top tens. Yeah. Should we do our, our little wrap up comparing last time to this time? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So going back to the initial question, you had the front um i had 3 new entries on my list mm-hmm. so 7 remained so the 3 that fell out from last time were numbers 5 6 and 7 no sorry 6 7 and 8 and those were circadian's first light architects of the west kingdom and raiders of the north sea and uh-huh. they were replaced not in those same positions, obviously. By Dwellings of Vale, Paladins of the West Kingdom, and Scholars of the South Tigers. And I had two games that held in their same exact positions. They were my number 10 and my number 1. Cascadia <laughs> and
1: Wingspan. Um, Book-ending yeah. book a good list with consistency.
0: Yeah, and I think... The only game I had that moved up was Scythe, mm-hmm. um, and then I think Lost Rings of Arnak, Averdell, and Ankh all dropped at least one spot.
1: Yeah, for me, I had a fair bit of change here. Yeah, part partly because of you know a slight modification of philosophy and how to score these but also partly in just uh, playing a lot of new games that I really enjoyed this past year mm-hmm. so I had 50% turnover in my top 10 yeah. half of the games changed uh, the newcomers to the list were were ankh and power grid and skull King and oceans and coming at at number one scholars of the South Tigris. Mm-hmm. And the five that fell out of my top 10 were just one and betrayal at house on the hill, mm-hmm. Cascadia Scythe, and wayfarers. Now, some of those I was much more conflicted about than others. Just yeah. one is a fun game, but like I, if I'm being honest, I regretted putting that in the top <laughs> yeah. 10. That was uh, a
0: methodology choice, not a merit choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And... I mean, Scythe and Cascadia, both of those nearly, nearly made the cut. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those were two of the ones that I felt most conflicted about leaving out. And Wayfarers, is that
0: just because you wanted only one Garfield game representative? Pretty
1: much. Pretty much, like... I mean, Wayfarers would probably still be in the top fifteen for me. Mm-hmm. um I really, really like that game, but yeah, it felt it felt a little too similar for me with some of the other ones I wanted to get throw into the mix, gotcha,
0: yeah, what does it say about me that my um eleven through fifteen so eleven was um unmatched, yeah? Twelve was Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Yeah, thirteen Circadians First Light. <laughs> Fourteen Expeditions. Yeah, fifteen Raiders of the North Sea, and then sixteen yeah. Architects of the West Kingdom. So, oh, that's funny. big glut of Garfield just knocking on the door of the top ten, but
1: yeah, probably I mean, not
0: finding their way back in.
1: Well, I mean, it just is. It just goes to show that, like you know, we have found a stable of like you know 5 to 10 designers that we really like yeah
0: and i mean but still branching out and trying
1: yeah new ones um like we tried yeah, for brass sure.
0: birmingham last mm-hmm. night um we have quite a few coming down the pipeline yeah and also like with um you know designers that we like or publishers that we like it makes for interesting episode discussion episodes we could do like what we did with the West Kingdom. We will do with other episodes once we get around to reviewing all the games necessary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Cool. So that is our end of 2023 top 10 list.
1: And, and we I look forward we're... to doing we're it again. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think we're closing out the year probably on our longest ever episode as well.
0: <laughs> it it'll be probably pretty much tied with the last time we did was it about this episode yeah
1: yeah yeah that makes sense yeah cool well looking forward to seeing what the new year has in store and hope everyone has a, a happy new year bye